listening to the John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. Well, at 106, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. <clears throat> Folks, it's Thursday, and this portion of the program is brought to you by the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakdick Hill Road in Lincoln. Right now, especially if you're around 146, you could pop off and have a nice lunch. Or maybe later today, meet up with some friends in the lounge this weekend. My goodness, NFL playoffs. The Lodge, once again, will absolutely be slammed. The Lodge Pub and Eatery, lunch, dinner, drinks in the lounge, watching a game. They're waiting for you at the Lodge Pub and Eatery, 40 Breakneck Hill Road in Lincoln. All right, let's bring you up to speed on all the news of the day a little bit later into this hour, I will give the latest on the Brian Walsh, Anna Walsh um, case. But I want to get to this Alec Baldwin thing is uh, big, and this is playing out right now. They're saying he may go to he may go to jail. That's a big story. And this George Santos, it seemingly is um, is getting even worse. But listen, this is Dan Abrams on ABC talking about the. Alec Baldwin now charged with manslaughter. Alec Baldwin did an interview with our George Stephanopoulos, and in it, he said that he did not pull the trigger of, uh, in the, of that gun in this instance, uh, and seemed to want to emphasize that. I want to play that bite for you. So I take the gun and I start to cock the gun. I'm not going to pull the trigger. I, I said, do you see this? She goes, well, just cheat it down and tilt it down a little bit like that. And I cock the gun. I go, can you see that? Can you see that? Can you see that? And she says, and then I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. I let go of the hammer of the gun and the gun goes off. At the moment. That was the moment the gun went off, yeah. That was the moment the gun went off. It wasn't in the script for the trigger to be pulled. Well, the trigger wasn't pulled. I didn't pull the trigger. So no. you never pulled the trigger? No, 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 no. I, I would never point a gun at anyone and pull a trigger at them, never. never. That was the training that I had. You don't point a gun at somebody and pull a trigger at and Dan, since then, an FBI report has said that the gun could not have actually been discharged without pulling the trigger. How much is this going to come into play in this case now? A lot. I think it already may have come into play. A lot. I think that... The fact that Alec Baldwin went out publicly and insisted that, that of course there was no way he pulled the trigger and that now prosecutors likely don't believe that hurt him in the process of deciding whether to charge him and what to charge him with. Now, does that necessarily mean there would have been a different decision if he hadn't done the interview? No. But this is a perfect example of why lawyers tell clients who are under investigation or who've been charged not to speak to the media because this really did hurt them. Now, look at that, folks. Now, again, this is at 109, uh, the Alec Baldwin case. I, I remember, obviously, that interview, but I want to bring the latest now. He is charged two counts of involuntary manslaughter. Uh, Hannah Gutierrez Reed, for starters, she was just 24 years old. It was her second time serving as an armorer on a, a movie set um, and she has said all along through her attorney that this was simply Alec Baldwin's fault point blank that he pulled the trigger of course you know uh, in that now famous uh, infamous interview that uh, Alec Baldwin did with George Stephanopoulos he denied he disputed uh, ever pulling the trigger uh, the FBI has now said that based on their findings that they have concluded uh, that the gun otherwise would not have fired now in recent months, Alec Baldwin has filed uh, cases against or lawsuits against the crew, including uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, saying that it was their fault that uh, that a live round should never have made its way onto the set. And so he has said, really, that, that he's been a, a victim in all of this. Uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed is also filing a suit uh, against the prop company, saying that they had given a live round in addition to the dummy. So lots of finger-pointing here, but in the end, and uh, the district attorney's office saying uh, that Hannah Gutierrez-Reed and Alec Baldwin 
should face criminal charges. All along that they had said this could be an accident or it could be criminal or it could be both. And now it seems that they're coming out uh, rendering a decision uh, that it's both. As for his part, David Hulls, who is the associate director here, uh, who uh, witnesses say there's some discrepancy here. But Alec Baldwin says uh, that he actually handed him the gun and said it's a cold gun at the time, uh, meaning that uh, there were no live rounds in it. Uh, however, uh, there are witnesses who dispute that. Uh, but in the end, uh, just uh, shocking news for, for Alec Baldwin and Hannah Gutierrez Reed, Diane. Wow. <clears throat> Folks, unbelievable. You know, and, and I like the fact they don't believe him. They don't believe him. Oh, no, I never pulled the trigger. He said that to Stephanopoulos. Well, guns don't just go off. I'm sure it was an accident, but this business of I never pulled the trigger, no, no one believes the guy. Um, it doesn't, doesn't stand to reason that that's the way things happened. It sure sounds like he pulled the trigger. Folks, I want to remind you on this um, Thursday, and again, good afternoon at 112. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the show is brought to you by Limitless Outdoors. Call them today. Why not get a free quote? Dial Chris at 401-580-1852 for Limitless Outdoors. They specialize in patios, walkways, Limitless Outdoors, steps, uh, outdoor kitchens, landscape lighting, retaining walls, lawn installation, Limitless Outdoors, excavation. Now, a lot of people, you want to enjoy your, you know, your out your outside area. So let them, and their slogan is, and I love this, dream, build, enjoy. Limitless outdoors. Call for maybe an outside fireplace or a fire pit. Let's really upgrade that patio with an outdoor kitchen. I'm not, I don't know if you can enjoy it. Some you can enjoy all year round. You can at least enjoy it six to nine months a year. Limitless Outdoors. Call them 401-580-1852. Now, someone right now at 113 who's really under the gun is this uh, George Santos, the congressman from New York. Not only was he appearing in Brazilian pageants, he apparently also is accused of stealing money for... A veteran sick dog. Let's get the latest now. Congressman George Santos is already accused of fabricating key details like his background and his education. Now he's facing fresh allegations that he used a fake charity to scam a disabled veteran. This morning, a U.S. Navy veteran speaking out, alleging that New York Congressman George Santos stole $3,000, money that Santos promised would help his dying service dog. I had developed pretty bad PTSD. At least two times, I went through nasty bouts, weeks-long bouts, where she definitely was the reason that I'm still here. Um, I... Uh, I had her for 10 years. Richard Ostoff says when his dog Sapphire had a tumor, a veterinarian technician referred him to a pet charity to help raise money for the surgery. The man running the organization, George Santos. But not only was Santos using a different name to run the group, ABC News has reported the charity never even existed. Ostoff alleges Santos raised $3,000 on GoFundMe and suddenly stopped responding to his messages. Never turning over a penny. His dog passed away a year later. I don't ever want to see another person, especially a veteran, go through something like this again. Anybody who needs their dog for services, it's reprehensible. That's like stealing my medication and stealing my best friend at the same time. Santos has denied the allegations, telling reporters he has no clue who this is. But a spokesperson for GoFundMe said they sought proof of the delivery of funds from the organizer back in 2016 and decided to suspend the user from using the platform. A source close to the GoFundMe situation confirming it was Santos who ran the account. The New York congressman accused of defrauding voters facing another round of allegations this morning. In the past, Santos has said his mother survived the tragic events of September 11th. In New York. My mom was a 9 11 survivor. Mm. She was in the South Tower um, and she made it out 
She got caught up in the ash cloud. My mom fought cancer till her death. Immigration documents obtained by a genealogist through a freedom of information request and provided to ABC News suggest that is not true. His mother was in Brazil when she applied for a green card in 2003, signing a statement saying she had not been in the U.S. since 1999. Santos has already admitted to embellishing large parts of his resume, telling voters that he graduated from college when he didn't, that he worked on Wall Street when he had not. He's facing multiple investigations and insists that he has done nothing unethical, Michael. Yeah, there's a lot going on there, Rachel. And uh, but where do we stand, where do things stand with the brewing battle over the debt ceiling? Well, the Treasury Secretary has warned that the United States will hit its debt limit today. This is the amount of money that the U.S. is able to borrow to pay off past debt. And all of this really intensifying a political battle between Democrats and Republicans. Republicans say they will not raise the debt limit until the president agrees to spending cuts. The White House says this needs to be done with no conditions around it. Meanwhile, the Treasury Secretary is warning that if a Congress does not reach a deal in the coming months, it would be catastrophic. The U.S. could default on its debt for the first time in our history, putting millions of jobs on the line, Michael. Hopefully, they can wrap that up. Yeah. Enough, I don't know about that. All right, folks, good afternoon once again at 117 on this Thursday. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Remember what we say when your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. Dial 401 710-7096, whether it's a washing machine or a dryer or maybe a refrigerator or a stove, a microwave. When your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Now, the White House uh, press secretary is really under fire. And I, I just believe... How about the fact that she has now said that she will no longer answer any questions about the documents? And and that is just completely unacceptable. Listen to this exchange yesterday. Thank you, Chris. I want to reference an interview that President Biden did in mid-September with 60 Minutes. And in that interview, he chided former President Trump for having in his possession documents. He called it irresponsible. First of all, do you think it was proper for President Biden to comment on an ongoing DOJ investigation? So I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm going to keep it really short today, as it relates to this particular issue, as it relates to an ongoing uh, legal matter. I'm going to refer you to Department of Just uh, Department of Justice. With that specific, as it relates to uh, anything that you want to ask of us uh, about uh, this uh, this legal matter, I would refer you to the White House Counsel uh, Office. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to go okay. into further. I'm simply asking you to comment. I, and I just, I, you work for. I just commented. I just commented. We're moving on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I already answered your question. Go ahead. Well, I I did. No, well, it's your it's your opinion. It's your opinion. It's your opinion. That is your opinion. She is. Um, she also was not truthful with with the reporters. By the way, um, th- there's there's no way, as a matter of fact. So I like where Fox is and say, well, then you know, can you bring a DOJ official to this to this briefing? Special counsel. They're not holding any briefings. White House counsel refers us to DOJ. So if you are not able to talk about this from the podium, would you invite a DOJ official to take our questions here? Uh, to the briefing. No, you would have to go to the Department of Justice. That is not, it, this is a, a legal matter that is currently happening at the Department of Justice. And the president has been very, very clear when it comes to these types of legal matters, when it comes to investigations, he's not going to interfere. Uh, he wants to make sure that we give back the independence that the Department of Justice should have when it comes to these types of uh, investigations. So certainly would not be 
bringing them here. Uh, so I would refer you to the Department of Justice. I, I just, I, I was just very clear. If you have any questions, I would refer you to the White House Counsel's Office. They did a call for 45 minutes yesterday, speaking to many of you. I believe there were more than 200 people on that call. And so I would refer you to my colleagues at the White House Counsel's Office. But on questions that you should be able to answer here that shouldn't have to go to any other agency or entity, can you tell us if there's any sort of assessment that has been planned or launched to determine if national security has been jeopardized at all? Again, that's for the Department of Why is it a DOJ and, and, it's, and let's be clear, it's not your decision to make on what I can or can't answer from here. What I am telling you is that we are respecting the process. We are being prudent from here. Oh, my there's God. There's an investigation currently happening. And when there is, when there are investigations that are happening that the DOJ is, is uh, currently reviewing or looking at, we have been very consistent to say that you need to go to the Department of Justice. She is absolutely drowning. That is, and again, folks, good afternoon at 121. Um, I like Peter Alexander of NBC News. Um, listen, listen to this question. Why shouldn't Americans be outraged about classified documents being found in a garage? Look. And I think Hold I've on. been Start very clear. Just to follow up if I can very quickly on this. The White House says Republicans are faking outrage on this issue. Why shouldn't Americans be outraged about classified documents being found in a garage? Look, and I think I've been very clear about this. We have answered questions on this at this podium. You've heard, as Phil was saying twice from the president, talk about this. He said that he didn't know. Right? He said that he was surprised, and he said that he takes classified information and documents very, very seriously. We heard directly from the president on this issue. Now, anything else, anything beyond that, uh, we're just not going to talk about. There's an investigation going on. There's a legal process here, as we've been very, very clear about. Uh, I will let the White House counsel uh, talk about any specific details uh, about that. Uh, but we're going to be prudent here and make sure that we are not uh, interfering in this process. I guess that's why I'm asking, though, because you've said that you don't want to interfere here and be prudent about the process. But the White House did post a statement saying that Republicans are faking outrage. So to that point, why, why shouldn't Americans be upset about documents found in a garage? And that's for uh, that's for the American people to decide, right? That is for, for you all are, I'm sure, going to talk to many folks out there uh, and have that this conversation. But what we do know, right, what we do know from polling that we have seen over and over again, from your coverage, uh, from what we hear, what the president goes out and talk to the, talks to the American people, they also care about the economy, right? They also care about what is the president doing to lower costs, which is why he took historic historic action uh, in making sure that gas prices went down at the gas pump and we saw that ha happen by more than a buck 70 cents and that's the work that the president's going to focus on you think about the inflation reduction act that's going to lower lower prescription drug costs uh, lower uh, medical costs, right? When you think about oh. that, lower energy costs. I want to so just, that's going to be our focus here. We know that's what the American people truly care about. I want to just point out at 124, uh, that that's Peter Alexander of NBC News that is asking her about that. That 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 is not... You know, because I'll admit, the, the, oh, the, well, the, all right, hold off on that. The, the, the Newsmax, and, you know, sometimes they... But she starts to go after what about, you know, this whole business, that's your opinion. And are, are you sorry? You, you gave false information. She is losing credibility by the day on this. Here's the question. Justice Department has not told the White House he can't talk about the facts. Why can't you speak about the underlying facts? We don't. Here we go. Can I hear the beginning? Justice, a law enforcement official tells NBC News the Justice Department has not told the White House that it cannot talk about the facts underlying the special counsel investigation in the classified documents. So trusting that you've received that same information, understanding the desire to be prudent, then why 
why can't you speak about the underlying facts? We've been very clear when it comes to even underlying facts, when it comes to specifics, when it comes to something that is under the purview, that is that the Department of Justice is looking at, especially legal matters, investigations, we do not comment from here, Peter. That has been consistent. So We've been that very consistent. On that, uh, we've all reached out to the Department of Justice. I mean, do you see where no one is saying that they can't talk about it? They're saying that they can't talk about it. They're saying that they can't talk about it, but no one else is saying that. Folks, good afternoon. Right now it's 125. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now remember, you could always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by It's My Health, Poppin' and C. Marie, 1099, Menden Road in Cumberland on this Thursday. Diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. It's my health. Vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products, ice, honey, over 250 bulk, herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Pop in, shop local, and Marie has quality merchandise, including local honey, local maple syrup, different teas and spices. And vitamins and herbal remedies. It's my health because it's your health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Now, a couple of things just to mention. Congratulations go out to uh, Hugh Clemens, the Providence Police Chief, is leaving. But it sounds like he's he's stepping into a, a big job with the within the uh, Biden administration, as a matter of fact. So he's going to be in charge of a national program, director of community-oriented policing services for the U.S. Department of Justice. So that is tremendous for him. And we, uh, at some point, you know, they're starting the process regarding who's going to replace him. President Biden, not just two years in office tomorrow, 730 days since inauguration, a lot of other numbers as well. So, um, but this, this situation with the White House press secretary and press person, and uh, like this is ridiculous. She doesn't answer anything. And even in fact, when she claims that she's answering, she's actually not answering. She's giving like a false answer. As a matter of fact, or it's she gives a non-answer is what what she's giving. Now, right now, it's 128. And this portion of the program, folks, Now remember, if you have a pest problem, pests can bother us 12 months a year. Call Falcon Pest Services today. Residential services, special discount services, home, residential, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 401 739 1322 Falcon Pest Service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts 401 739 1322. Whatever that may be, many people we have to deal with pests all year long. Falcon Pest Services, call them for a free quote 401 739 1322 and online com serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Well, right now, folks, at 129, good afternoon. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. JR, we're going to take a break in just 15 seconds. Again, big news, obviously, Alec Baldwin, but um, the situation regarding Brian Walsh. Uh, more and more information is dribbling out. And then we also have a showdown in Washington. All right, we're going to take a quick break, very short, but much more ahead right here on The John DePietro Show. You are listening to The John DePietro Show on 99.9 FM and 1380 AM. News Talk WNRI. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, 
You, if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique. You are listening original. to the John DePietro Show on ninety nine point nine FM and thirteen eighty AM News Talk WNRI. John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dipietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you, if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique, original stories, videos, content. Log on right at the website, dipietro.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Well, he was finally in court. Brian Walsh, and we're learning a lot more about his actions with his wife missing. Let's pick it up. This is Brian Walsh in court in Quincy regarding facing murder charges. His wife, Anna Walsh. Keep in mind that the defendant said he left at 6 a.m. 
At 4.55 a.m. on January 1st, he searched how long before a body starts to smell. At 4.58 a.m., how to stop a body from decomposing. At 5.20 a.m., he searched how to found a body. At 5.47 a.m., 10 ways to dispose, dispose of a dead body if you really need to. At 6.25 a.m. on the 1st, how long for someone to be missing to inherit? At 6.34 a.m. on the 1st, can we throw away body parts? At 9.29 a.m., what does formaldehyde do? At 9.34 a.m. on the 1st, how long does DNA last? At 9.59 a.m., can identification be made on partial remains? At 11.34 a.m., Dismemberment and the best ways to dispose of a body. At 11.44, how to clean blood from wooden floor. At 11.56, on the first, Romanol to detect blood. At 1.08, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia? At 1.21 p.m., is it better to throw crime scene clothes away or wash them? Those were on the January 1st. There was also information gained from the defendant's home which showed on January 2nd he was at Home uh, Goods in Norwell where he purchased three wives. There were also more Google searches on January 2nd. At 12.45 p.m., uh, Pat saw best two to dismember. At 1.10 p.m., can he be charged with murder without a body? At 1.14 p.m., can you identify a body without, with broken teeth? On January 2nd, Windows, uh, the defendant uh, was seen on surveillance at the Home Depot in Rockland. In checking the surveillance, the defendant is observed on a security camera pushing a cot. Items included cleaning products, mops, brushes, tape, top, type, um, a Tyrex suit with boot covers, buckets, garments, baking soda, a hatchet. He had a face mask and rubber gloves on at the time he was pushing the cart in Home uh, Depot. At 532, he was seen at the Jordan Street and Hang on, now removing the gloves and the mask. Uh, data from his phone also tracked his whereabouts on January 3rd. Uh, locations uh, were traveled at 427 on January 3rd to an apartment complex in Abington. Surveillance shows the defendant's Volvo, as well as a male fitting the defendant's appearance, exit a car near the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster carrying a garbage bag. He's leaning, and it appears to be heavy as he has to heft it, heft it into the dumpster. He walks to the dumpster with the uh, garbage bag, uh, and leaves it. On 448, we hit another complex in Abington at 510 p.m. Cell phone shows records at another apartment in Brockton. Video shows um, a party consistent with uh, his appearance and his Volvo. Again, he decided items in the dumpster. On January 3rd, that same day, at 1.02 p.m., he did some more uh, Google searches. What happens to here on a dead body? At 1.13 p.m., what is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on a surface in the woods? At 1.20 p.m., can baking soda mask or make a body smell good? On January 4th, uh, the following day, the defendant went to Home Goods and TJ Maxx. He purchased towels as well as bath mats and men's clothing. At 4.15 that day, on the 4th, he went to Lowe's where he purchased squeegees and a trash can. On January 4th, when Cassett police went to the house uh, on the well game track, officers observed his Volvo with seats down and a plastic liner in the back of the car. The next day, a view of the Volvo showed his seats folded down, blown out with some dirt, and the carpet appeared to show fresh vacuum streaks. When asked about the line of the defendant said he threw in the trash. Chemists uh, later uh, analyzed the calf and it was present flight in the calf. On January 5th, review of the data from the defendant's shop phone showed his phone traveled at 8 a.m. First he stayed here and then to Swampstead, where his mother resides. The phone traveled to the complex where his mother lives at 9.30 a.m. 
where for about five minutes around the building to the southeast corner. In the southeast corner of that complex uh, is where there was a dumpster. The dumpster was later uh, secured and searched. On January 8th, police and crime scene services searched the house in Tehassee. They found blood in the basement, a knife with the presence of blood, the knife was damaged. A second knife was also found in that basement. In addition, there was heavy duty, large top, plastic blindness purchased from that Home Depot trip. As part of the investigation, uh, police checked for activity on honest credit cards, banks, flights, trains. There was no activity um, since she was last seen on January 1st. Uh, police also tried to track down what happened to the bags that the defendant was seen throwing in the dumpster earlier. Um, this was over in Abington. These bags and what was in them were already picked up and taken to a location for shredding and being cast incinerated. By the time police located that, they were already destroyed. However, investigators did secure and search the dumpsters on defendant's mother's complex in Swampskip. It was searched at a transfer station in Peabody. Investigators recovered 10 trash bags. Inside the trash bags, many of these items contained uh, stains uh, consistent with blood, infected water. Among the items secured were towels, rags, slippers, tape, high-deck suit, gloves, cleaning agents, carpets, rugs, hunter boots, product purse, a COVID-19 vaccine card in the name of Anna Walsh, a hacksaw, a hatchet, and some cutting shears. The purse and boots were described as what Anna was last seen in. A portion of the rug was heavily stained with red-brown stains. The substance was consistent with also having baking soda on. There was a portion of a necklace consistent with one that Anna had been seen wearing in photos. The state crime lab performed testing on a certain selected items that were uh, recovered from those trash bags. There was human blood on found, found on them, and then they were sent for DNA testing. The findings were as follows. On the slippers in the interior, Anna and Brian Walsh were contributors to the DNA on those slippers, which had blood on them. On the exterior, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA found on those slippers. The Tyvek suit. On the interior cuffs, Anna and Brian Walsh contributed to the DNA that was left on them. On the exterior, partially, on the exterior, left hand leg, Anna Walsh was contributor to the DNA. On the interior right sleeve, Anna Walsh was a, a, a contributor to the DNA that was found on the hybrid suit. There was tissues which found that Anna Walsh contributed to the DNA. Uh, there was one other earlier Google search, which would be a note. On December 27th, the defendant Googled, what's the best state to divorce for a man? Rather than divorce, it believed that Brian Walsh dismembered Anna Walsh and discarded her body. The bags were laid discarded in Swampscott and contained Anna's uh, property and the items used to clean up, as well as the DNA that was left behind. The Commonwealth is asking that the defendant be held without bail for the murder of his wife. Thank you, Mr. Chief. Can we be heard at all? No, Your Honor. Thank you. All right. The defendant will be held without bail uh, pending indictment. Not at this time, but I will. Um, Your Honor, we have a uh, date of February 7th already for the Armistice Police. Is it? Oh, February 9th, I apologize. Um, if we want to put on the status on that day. And that's by Zoom, Your Honor, correct? By Zoom. Yes, thank you. Status date or probable cause date? Status date is probable. Okay. February 9th for status. Thank you. Thank you. Well, sir, you held without bail until February 9th, 2023, for a status date. That's what it sounded like in court. It's gruesome. Boy, they have a solid case. There's a lot to unpack there, as they say, so to speak, starting with the you know, Googling how long before you can inherit. This was over the money, this business of divorce. It sounds like divorce was pending. I learned from some of her friends in D.C. She was going to bring her 
three young boys with her to D.C. He came up with an alternate plan, and that was to kill her in the early morning hours of New Year's Day. That is remarkable that when the police went on the well-being check, there's the Volvo with the seats down and a plastic liner there. What's unfortunate is that the police did not right there start asking questions about that. He then vacuumed the car. They still found her blood in the car. The searches are very damning. It sounds like he was able to get rid of her body parts in Brockton and Abington, these different dumpsters. Also, though, they did find her COVID card amongst other items. So, again, that's Brian Walsh. You get good insight as to what he did in the aftermath of that, how to get blood out of a wood floor. So, who knows exactly where it happened? We don't know where the wood floor is, but, and the whole business of, well, there's a lot. There's a lot that you just heard there. Again, that is the murder charge on Brian Walsh. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Johnston. That's right in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, right across from Felicia's. AtMed Urgent Care, when you have an emergency... They specialize ambulatory medicine. They provide immunization school and sports physicals. At AtMed Urgent Care, they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families. They're on duty at all times. They're open seven days a week. Walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical. Now, if you're in a car accident, go to AtMed Urgent Care. Avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms. They also do adult vaccinations, laboratory testing. AtMed Urgent Care, when it's an emergency, 1524 Atwood Avenue in Johnston. That's right, in the Atwood Medical Center. And also 5750 Post Road, East Greenwich, online at admedurgentcare.net. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Sign for our legal segment. Joining us right now, he is our legal expert, Rhode Island attorney, Tim Dodd. And Tim, uh, let's start off. Very dramatic day in that courtroom. Uh, they brought the murder charge against Brian Walsh and also transporting of a body. It was, um, to say the least, I mean, it is. it was so grisly the way they mapped it out. Curious to hear your thoughts as to what seemingly could be the biggest problem. It, is, it should be noted, Tracy Minor, his attorney, she issued a statement saying to the media, don't contact me, but they're going to mount fence in this case. But let's just start off with what was a uh, very dramatic day in court. Yeah, well, it was a very dramatic day. I mean, we're learning lots of information about the defendant's movements, um, you know, in that time period after Anna Walsh went missing, um, and it's it's tr- it's truly stunning. I mean, this guy was not the best criminal, apparently. No. I mean, there are um, confiscated um, laptops, I guess, and he's, as we all know, gone online to say what's the best way to dispose of a hundred and fifteen pound body, but yeah. there's others. How long does it take for a body to start to um, smell? Yep. Um, what's the 10 best ways to dispose of a body? I mean, the, the list goes on and on about all the places he went online um, looking for specific advice on disposing of a body. Now, in addition to that, he, he threw, they have about, I think, 10. Uh, garbage bags full of yep. um, evidence. They've got um, clothes with blood on it, like rags and other towels with blood on it. Um, her clothing, I believe her boots, um, her COVID card, um, what purports to be some of his blood and some of her blood. Um, they don't have a body and they may never get a body. 
And there's, you know, the old adage, you know, it's hard to convict somebody of murder if you don't have a party, a, a body, excuse me. But they've got so much other corroborating evidence about this guy's movements, his lies to the authorities, his research on disposing of a body. Um, it's pretty compelling. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they don't have a body. So... It, a lot will depend on what the um, the lab results are about all of the material that was found in these garbage bags. Um, how the the blood on the towels and the clothing and the other um, instruments, the saw, the knife, etc. That's going to um, go a long way if it's if it's shown to be her blood and his blood right in such a volume i mean they live together i mean that can occur but not with the volume of material that we're led to believe the cops have um, found now you brought up john the point of his attorney yeah. uh, in her press release saying i'm not going to argue this case in the media you can charge anyone with anything. Proving it in court is quite a different story. And we intend to challenge every aspect of this case in a courtroom, not in the newspapers, not in the media. And right. as you say, she's not going to give statements. She's not going to give interviews. She's not going to do any of that. So as we look at this case, it looks pretty bad for the husband. I mean, the, the volume of... Um, suspicious activity and the volume of what we presume is going to be um, DNA evidence. Um, you would think that the guy is toast. But as with so many other cases, we look to OJ as the bench, the OJ case is the benchmark for how what we think is a slam dunk case can go off the rails. So, like every other DNA case, um, the defense manner of collection, the chain of custody, the lab uh, analysis. I'm sure um, this guy has hired himself a very fine criminal defense lawyer. Sure. I don't know how much money is available for her to hire experts, but you know that they're going to do their own uh, forensic analysis. They're going to want to have their own people go through this um physical evidence for DNA information. Um, so it's going to be probably largely a science case. Right. Um, and if there's problems, let's assume the chain of custody, there's a problem, and that evidence is excluded. Well, if you don't have that DNA and that blood evidence, if it was improperly co collected, and I'm just using that as an example, that can gut the government's case. So it's not an obvious defense for what you may think occurs, but this is going to be challenging every scrap of evidence the state intends to put in. And the, the job will be for defense counsel to keep as much of it out as is humanly possible, because the less of it that gets in in front of a jury, the harder it's going to be to convict this guy. Right. Tim Dodd, what about the charge of uh, like transporting a, a body and, and so forth? Um, it, it, is that, I mean, again, is that another charge that ties in with the fact of what they found in the dumpster? I, I presume so. I mean, yeah. this, the, the, the hypothesis right now is that he was efficient in, um, I guess, um, dismembering her, yeah. putting her in oh. with with the trash, if you will, and that the speculation is that her remains may well have been incinerated at this juncture, and they may never be able to recover her body because if it was incinerated and it's no longer available, and if that occurred before the cops could go find her or pieces of her, then there may never be a body. But... She wound up somewhere, and she wasn't in the house. Right. Um, but without a body or pieces of her body, it's going to be difficult to prove that he transported her somewhere. 
Yes. Tim Don, what about um, the Google searches on the, on the son's iPad? Do you, should we look at this that, you know, maybe someone could try to explain that away if you didn't have the other stuff. But it, it, it sure sounds with what they laid out today in court that they seem to have a pretty good timeline to work off of what his actions were, what his movements were, and that leads you to the conclusion that he he killed her in the house and then he dismembered and then got rid of the body. Well, that that's what the timeline in the, um, the offer of proof that the estate um, offered in court would yep. lead you to believe. I mean, and when you look at all the different websites that he went on to, which were all specific about how do you dismember a body, how do you dispose yeah. of a body, how long before a body starts to um, emit an odor, um, it would all be consistent with a guy trying to figure out how to get a corpse out of his house. Right. And what about um, he initially told the authorities that, that you know, no, no, she, she left and she took uh, like an Uber or a Lyft to Logan Airport and she had to go back to washington dc it it sounds like he also kind of locked in on you know she they mentioned her social media is quiet she hasn't used any credit cards um her phone was still pinging at the house but then it, it's not pinging so it 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 sounds as if he also kind of locked himself into a, a, a an alibi if you will that he's still the last one that saw her alive but his alibi or story of where he was saying she went it it just there's no way that it adds up no none of it adds up and you know no. he he told the cops that he went to a cvs and he told the cops that right. he went to whole buy foods. whole foods yeah. to buy stuff for his mother and there's no evidence of him making any purchases there there's no evidence of him being in either of those stores uh based upon the um, surveillance cameras so just because you lie doesn't mean you killed your wife, but it's, right. it's the, it's this, all of this stuff piles up. Mm. Um, you know, he lied about her getting on a plane. He lied about getting her a, a, a ride service to take her to the airport. Uh, he came up with a preposterous story to account for the time that he was not where he was supposed to be, that he was driving to his mother's house yeah, and he lost. got lost. I yeah. mean, that's not even plausible. No. And he put himself right in Swampscott, where apparently they they got the stuff for the dumpster. Now, Tim, God, do you think does this does this become a trial? I mean, I I mean, who who knows? It it sounds like it's going to be a long process in going through all the evidence. And in fact, again, um, I think the family does have some money, but if he's going to um, be able to, it, it does this see a courtroom? Because it it sounds like he's. I, I, there's certainly no deal here, that's for sure. No, I don't think there's a deal here. And, you know, he seemed to um, act... He, uh, he's not a very good criminal, but he acted in a way that was logical in terms of trying to cover his tracks, even though it was really not well done. Um right. So I don't think he will, at the end of the day, have an insanity defense. I don't think he'll have a diminished capacity defense. I don't think any of that will be available to him. The only way this goes to trial is if the defense, as we said earlier, has enough information, scientific information, to go after the physical evidence and the DNA testing and see if they can keep that stuff from coming into evidence. Yeah. Because without a body, and if they keep out the DNA evidence, or can at least challenge it in much the same way that OJ challenged the collection and the results, um, you know, that's the only way this actually, I think, would ever go to trial without this guy taking some sort of a deal. Um, it's... Um, you know, this case um, coming right... WNRI, Socket. WNRI.